Hello, hello, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching. And today we're speaking about whether or not your punishments are really working. When we think about parenting a highly sensitive child, it's been a, a question that's come up time and time again for parents of sensitive kids who feel big feelings, who struggle with managing their emotions so much so that it's difficult for them to follow through on your expectations, to get through day-to-day -day tasks, and often, by the time you're dealing with meltdowns on a daily basis or multiple times a day basis, as a parent, when your kid is hitting, kicking, screaming, yelling, running away, or staying stuck, or your teen is just holding up in their room, not knowing what to do and not talking to you about it, you can feel backed into a corner and feeling like your child is doing all of this on purpose, right? So let's break down where you're at in the meltdown or shutdown cycle for a parent of a highly sensitive child or a highly sensitive teen respectively. And I wanna cover this for you because often parents can get into the position of feeling like using a punishment, like removing access to a tablet or a phone, or any sort of electronics or friend's time or any other pleasurable experience is the only thing that works to get your kid to behave, get your kid to do what you want them to do. So let's walk through how and why you're here, right? Hello and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. So parenting a highly sensitive child, we all know can be quite difficult, especially for you as a parent, if you don't have skills to help them move through with their emotion process their emotion, deal with disappointment, frustration, aggravation, and move on by creatively solving their problems. And so what happens, right? So let's talk about where you're at. If you are struggling with this dynamic, it's likely that you didn't start here, right? What's likely is that at first, you started when your child was younger in coaxing mode. Come on, it'll be fine, let's go over here, or this is fine. Um, everything's gonna be, be if, you, if you do this, then we'll be able to do that, right? So all sorts of um, coaxing, pulling teeth, uh, waving your kid over here to follow through, right? You might've been able to do that playfully when your child was young or with more patience, just trying to keep it together, gritting your teeth to just get your kid to follow suit. And over time, that might've worked for a little while, uh, and then you started to get really frustrated because your child stopped responding to that tactic of parenting. And as a result, you moved into the next phase, which is teaching or talking to them, right? So those can go hand in hand. Now, if you, you, know, if you don't follow through on what I ask, if you don't finish all your dinner, then you won't get dessert. If, um, 
if you don't, you know, mommy and daddy are here to help you. And if you don't tell us what's wrong, then we won't be able to help you, right? So, you know, hitting is not what we do here in this family. So you need to tell us what's going on. What's, and then asking your child over and over again, what is going on and then talking to them about what they can do differently next time. And that for you as a parent, you can feel like a broken record that isn't getting anywhere. And after that, you can lead to convincing or reassuring. So this process isn't linear. It's not like a downward slope in the sense that you're just rolling down the hill, right? Um, you can create a pattern that you might jump from all of these strategies in one day, in one meltdown, in one shutdown, in one conversation, trying to get your kid or your teen to do what you need them to do. Now, this can play out in following through them with the morning routine, getting them out the door, um, processing their um, aggravation with a sibling, trying to get them to do their homework or follow up on an assignment that's due in a couple of weeks and, and you know get the ball rolling faster, right? Um, so any event that where your child is not doing what you need them to do or your teen is not taking action when you need them to. And this is the cycle that we see parents in when they are struggling with teaching their child the skills of managing their big emotions and processing the world in a different way when they're highly sensitive. So the, the, the pattern that we see often, once you stop, start convincing your child, everything's gonna be fine, don't worry, it's not a big deal, reassuring them, if, if, it was, if it was gonna be hard for you, I wouldn't make you do it, right? Or um, you know, if your child is stuck or your teen is stuck in the what ifs, what if I fail, what if I do this, what if you know, she yells at me, oh, then, then no problem, like they're not gonna yell at you, you won't get in that big of a trouble, or your I'm sure your teacher's just trying to help, all of that reassurance, convincing that everything's gonna be fine. When that doesn't work because your child is starting to feel misunderstood or frustrated or it's difficult for them to communicate that their feelings are really way bigger than you think they are, then they can shut down or explode, right? And this might be, um, the explosions might be based on their age. It might be just on how they ex express their emotions too. This is not something that kids necessarily grow out of, though their behavior might change. The pattern that's driving the behavior is the same. They don't feel like they can clearly communicate their needs, so they either explode or they shut down. So when we think about that, that um, or they run away from the problem, whether that be running up to their room, closing the door, slamming the door, staying stuck in that respect, or just not uh, doing it and, and ignoring you, or um, staying focused on the screens, or not coming inside from being outside with friends, etc. So there's all sorts of ways that your child is trying to tell you that they don't know how to solve a problem creatively with you and their behavior looks like misbehavior, right? And so I wanna cover this a little bit further. For you as a parent, this is extremely frustrating, right? Because if you've been trying all of these other strategies like coaxing, talking, and, and speaking to them and trying to tell them that it's okay and trying to reason with them in different ways, then you can move into responding in a frustrating way. Frustrating way is looks like yelling, right? Or lecturing. 
Um, don't you understand how much effort I put into signing you up for these things? And now you're telling me you don't want to do them. This is frustrating. It lets your coach down. It lets your, you know, your classmates down, whatever it is, right? Um, you know, we, we've spent all day trying to get you to follow through on your, your, on your schoolwork. And now you're mad that you can't go to, with your friends. If you just did what we asked you to do earlier in the day, you wouldn't be having this problem lecturing, right? And who feels good in that experience? Nobody. What actually gets accomplished in that experience? Nothing, right? And so then you start looking for leverage. And as a parent, looking for leverage is actually a symptom of the meltdown or shutdown cycle. When you start looking for leverage, that actually implies that you as a parent are trapped. You are trapped, your back is up against the wall because you've tried all the things that you know knew to try, right? Maybe you've read books. Maybe you've spoken to professionals. Maybe you've spoken to friends whose kids don't seem to struggle with their big emotions. Maybe you've tried all of these traditional parenting strategies with your non-highly sensitive child and they worked in the sense that your child moved on from the day or the moment or the frustration or they talked to you eventually. And so you start to blame your child and their will. You start to think of their behavior as willful. They are doing this on purpose. They are manipulating me. They are in control of me and the situation. And so I need to show them who's in charge. Now, that might not be an actual conversation you have in your head every single time your kid is not following through on what you ask them to, right? But when you're processing the event and you're worried about your child and you're frustrated with your child, that's the conversation you're having in your in your mind, right? Or even with your spouse or co-parent or your mom, whatever, right? Anybody that you reach out to. And so what happens? You move to punishment. Now, many of you make declarations when you first have a child that you'll never spank. And so that one might not be on the docket ever for your family. And it's also true that other, par other parenting punishments, like timeouts, like removing privileges, like saying you can't go, you know, you can't have any positive experiences if you're not following through on, on what I need you to do, then that creates a vacuum for your child that if they don't follow through, then they don't get to live their life. They don't get to have their expectations met and it actually perpetuates the problem. But for you, you're experiencing it as if, as if you're teaching them that they can experience the joys in life if they do the things that need to happen on a regular basis, right? So there's a mismatch in how you're communicating the lessons that your child needs to learn in life and how your child is experiencing what you're trying to teach. And so this brings me to my next point, right? So we think about why punishments don't actually work. They might get your kid to do the thing in the moment, right? I mean, if you threaten a timeout or you threaten a spanking, or you threaten or you're yelling, right? Your child might follow through on what you need them to do because they're afraid of it getting worse or because they're afraid of losing pleasurable things or because they're afraid of what you might do when you feel like you need to up the ante again, right? So when we think about this downward spot, this downward trajectory, what's also happening is Coaxing and talking doesn't feel good to your kid either in terms of that being repetitive and you feeling like you're frustrated and saying the same thing over and over again. Your child doesn't feel good 
about having to repeat a negative behavior pattern. Your child doesn't feel good and, and understood and connected with you if that's a pattern that just consistently happens over and over again, especially in the meltdown cycle, right? And so if that's the case, in those moments, your child starts to feel like they can't handle big things and they don't know how to handle big things, the big frustrating events or everyday tasks either. And when you as a parent are getting more frustrated and your tactics start to feel more severe for your child or more intense for you, they start to, to respond out of fear rather than out of feeling like they can handle things, okay? Now for you in the moment, you're looking for follow through. You're looking for compliance. You're looking for um, just being able to move on with your day. I mean, not even making it that big of a deal. And so in the moment, it might feel like it works. It might feel like your child is doing what you need them to do and then you can move on. But your child is not moving on. And so let's talk about that, okay? So when we think about what's really happening for your child and what's really going on for you, we know that, that doing all of those things, they don't feel good. Taking away your kid's phone and threatening to take away your kid's um, iPad or threatening to take away friend's time, etc. That doesn't feel good for you as a parent. You know that. And part of you actually wonders whether or not it's working or relevant. Because at that point, you're looking at who has the most control in the moment and you feel controlled by your child's behavior. And that is not a responsibility that any child needs to carry because it is scary for children to carry the responsibility of their parents' behavior. So um, when we think about what happens when you're using punishment like this, groundings, etc., uh, per the graphic that we just showed, your child only learns what they're not supposed to do. They only pick up that you get upset when they don't follow through right? And they pick up that when they hit, kick, scream, cry, shut down, run away or hide, they learn not to do those things because if they did those things, they might get a punishment, right? But they're not learning what to do instead. And so when you use punishments, we know that it breeds sneaky behavior right? It breeds behavior where your child is going to do, get their needs met. So say, for example, your child wants to continue to watch your screen. It is, um, it is dinner time. You say, if you don't take that, you know, if you don't put that away right now and come to dinner, then I will take it away for the rest of, you know, the week or whatever. And what happens? Your child is likely to sneak their tablet because they don't have the skill to communicate to you how they want to be able to use their tablet and be with the family. That's a bigger skill set that your child is showing you that they have a gap. Okay. So let's look at this um, uh, from a, from a bigger pic picture perspective. When you view behavior as misbehavior, when your child is not following through, it creates a connection gap where your child doesn't feel like you understand them. And as a result, it's gonna keep that cycle of sneaky behavior going. Now, your child is getting their needs met. If they want to watch more screen time, we're gonna use this as an example, right? Or if they want to have candy before dinner, or if they want to, to you know, go outside and play or whatever, it doesn't matter. The need of having that thing is going unmet when you stop the thing. Now, obviously as a parent, 
that's necessary. Your kid needs to eat dinner. Kids needs to be off screens for the majority of the day. Your kid needs to be, um, you know, having their room cleaned, all of that. You know, everyday tasks, getting ready for school, blah, blah, blah. Your request is not invalid. Your request is not irrelevant. Your child has a different priority, a different need, and a different interest in that moment. And they don't know how to delay satisfaction. They don't know how to delay gratification. And they don't know how to slow down and ask for what they want. And so when you punish them, they learn that they don't get to ask for what they want because the way that they're asking is not effective. You and I can agree on that, right? It's also true that when you punish, you're not teaching them how to ask effectively. They're not learning how to do that. And a highly sensitive child really struggles with generalizing the skills. So they might be able to ask effectively for certain things in different ways in certain settings and with a teacher. But if you are using that skill and saying, well, they have the skill, they absolutely have the skill, to justify using punishment and not being the ante because they're not showing you the use of that skill at home regularly, that is a connection gap. You are not connected to the fact that your child is a highly sensitive child, struggles with generalizing skills. So learning how to teach your child how to manage those skills is super, super crucial. And we think about the, the challenge that parents can have in ba balancing this. It's important to understand that when you're showing your child that they need to have a skill and they don't know how to show you that skill, you're actually using punishment and your child is experiencing more shame from that. I'm a bad kid. I must not know what I'm supposed to do. I can't believe I am, I'm doing this again, right? And so your child starts to feel incapable. Shame keeps you helpless. Shame keeps you hopeless. Shame keeps you powerless. And so when you as a parent are using punishment, threats, timeouts, breaks from connection to teach your child to follow through, they actually feel more helpless, less capable of following through. So it's a cycle that's perpetuating, okay? So how do we break out of it? How do we break out of it, right? We need to support your children, you need to support your children in creating an environment for success. You need to be able to prevent those big, big meltdowns, change the routines, make feelings playful, right? Communicate emotions safely. Teach your child how to communicate those emotions safely. Help them show you that they can do that. And then when you set forth expectations, support them in managing disappointment, frustration, and aggravation in the moment and, and continue that plan so that they start to show the, the progress on a regular basis. Now, this is obviously requires a recipe, right? Because if, if you've been doing this for quite some time and using all the strategies and tactics that we talked about before that are more traditional, those traditional strategies can suck the spirit out of your child. And it's very important to notice that your child has a lot of spirit, a lot of passion, a lot of focus, right? And so when, when you're, you're viewing your child when they're struggling on a good day, you can notice that your child is determined that they're persistent, that they're passionate, right? That they're innovative, that they're clever. But on a bad day, when you're struggling as a parent and you're feeling like you're also missing those skills, then you can start to see your child as stubborn. 
manipulative, frustrating, doing it on purpose, aggravating, and you're labeling your child with that. So if those words are words that you use regularly and consistently to describe your child's behavior, that is another symptom of this challenge of the meltdown cycle. It's really important to not characterize your child's personality based on the symptoms of the meltdown cycle, okay? So traditional parenting and in shifting out of this, it's really important to be able to teach your child how to innovate, how to creatively solve those problems and how to manage their frustration and aggravation and safely communicate that so that they can be flexible and compromise. Now, how do we do this, right? You have to follow a system. We teach parents how to do that in a regular, in a, in a more appropriate way um, in a more effective way, I should say. I don't need to judge and use that language. That didn't work. Um, and something that's just more, well, it's more appropriate for highly sensitive kids, right? But it's also more effective and that's really what's, what's more relevant for you as a parent. So you gotta use natural consequences in a way that doesn't breed shame. You need to communicate with your child about emotions in a way that is playful and communicative. And you need to support your child in responding to feedback in a way that doesn't make them feel like they are wrong, bad, or broken. And so if you need support in building those skills consistently and staying out of the pattern of feeling like you have to hold your leverage over your child or your teen, and especially if you're parenting a sensitive teen and not knowing how to help them follow through in taking action themselves, then we encourage you to reach out for support, okay? We, we would encourage you to go ahead and and book a call with our team to see if what we do to help you break out of those patterns help you notice how your teen can stay motivated in managing their emotions without feeling like you need to hold leverage over their head, help you can support your your highly sensitive child in managing their big emotions and feeling capable and creative and playful, then you can support your whole family in staying curious about connecting with each other, communicating each other's needs and out of judgment because you can't be curious and in judgment at the same time. All right. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of how to parent your highly sensitive child like a ninja. We release a brand new episode every week. So be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.